Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 91. I'm Rachel Heron, and I'm super glad you're here today. Today, I'm talking with my friend R.L. Merrill, who is, as most of my guests are, a complete delight. Uh, She is fantastically funny, incredibly friendly, always upbeat. I hate it when people say that about me. Um, So perhaps I shouldn't say that about her because even the professionally upbeat among us have crappy days. And I'm sure she does too. But she just always has that vibe of um, being really glad to see you and happy to do what she's doing. And I love talking to her about writing. I find her very inspiring and I know you will too. What's going on around here? Um, The book is still out on submission. Of course, it's only been a week and um, high hopes. That's all I'm going to say about it because I'm really just doing a good job of not thinking about it. Uh, I'm doing a good job of letting everything that is outside my control be outside my control. And I'm keeping my eyes firmly on what is in my control and what is in my control is the stuff on my desk. This stuff that I'm working with right now that I'm making, that I'm creating, that I'm playing with, that I'm thinking about. And that is enough for me. But I do want to share something with you uh, because you know how I feel about time management and um, productivity and apps and devices and bullet journals. And I've got a new thing I want to tell you about. I'm actually going to send my writers an email about it this week. So there may be a little bit of overlap between these two things. But when I first went full-time more than two years ago, um, full-time writing, I started to track my time because I got this real strong worry that um, being a full-time writer, I would somehow lose track of the fact that I was a writer and avoid the writing because... God knows we all want to avoid the writing at all costs. So I started tracking it using an app called Toggle, which I very much liked. I used it for about two years, a year and a half, I guess. And I found out beyond a shadow of a doubt, the thing I do most is write or revise, which I count as writing. So I'm comfortable there. The thing I do second is email. Not so comfortable there, but I'm always trying to get out from under that monster. And then it's like um, teaching, coaching, uh, podcasting, that kind of thing. But I made sure every day that I was working at least eight, what I call billable hours, which means I'm actually at the desk more than eight hours, you know, nine hours, 10 hours, because I would only be tracking time that was usable. I didn't track looking at Facebook or looking at Twitter or taking my lunch breaks, Um And I was getting kind of obsessive about it. I know that's surprising to you. So I tried an experiment about a month ago. I just stopped. I stopped tracking my time. Um, And I have to tell you, I am so much more relaxed because of it. I don't know if that is because my whole life has changed quite a bit since I stopped drinking. I don't know if that's connected as I'm living in this new lifestyle. Um... But I feel so much better not tracking every single minute and watching where it's going. I show up and I do the work and then I stop 
and I walk away from the desk. And something that I really wanted to share with you that's been helping me with this um, is a tool I picked up on when I was on um, Nathan Van Koop's uh, podcast, and he was on mine, um, is, I'm holding it up if you're on the video, the Productivity Planner. It's not cheap. It's like 25 bucks. Um, and it's real simple. I don't think you even need it. However, because I'm going to tell you what it does. But but I will say that having it and using it has kind of got this principle in my mind. Basically, their idea is do one thing a day. If there was one thing that you needed to do, and I am talking about your creative life. I'm not talking about, you know, your day job, which in which you might have 10 very important things to do today or more. But when it comes to your creative life, and this is how I'm using it for me, you have a most important task of the day. If, and it says right under that, it says, if this was the only thing you did today, you'd be satisfied. You write it down. um, And then you write down how many Pomodoros you think it would take you. This works in Pomodoros. Of course, you can change the time of your Pomodoro. Pomodoro, if you don't know, is um, a time tracking uh, app where you set a timer for 25 minutes, you work for 25 minutes, and then you take five minutes off. I have never loved the Pomodoro technique because um, at 25 minutes is right about when I'm really rolling, especially in writing. I write in 45-minute blocks. That's what works for my brain. And then I take 15 minutes off. Um, But I've been trying it with the real Pomodoro app on my phone, and I really like the way it ticks like a grandfather clock while I'm working. And that's been working for me. The 25-minute sessions for things that are not writing have been working fantastic. I really, really love them. And then after you list your most important task of the day, you can choose to list secondary tasks of importance. Completion of these tasks will make the day even better. You write down what the task is. You estimate how many Pomodoros it will take. At the end of the task, you write down how many it did take you to finish. And then if you have space and time, I not space, if you have time to do more than three important things in the day, there's another place where you can put two more. Those are just simply additional tasks. The line under that reads, do these only after you have completed the tasks above. Y'all, this is just working for me. Um, it's reminding me that instead of getting caught up in email loops or things that happen that I have to react to and take time out of my day to do. It reminds me that if I did nothing but spend an hour and a half plotting my next book today, I would be happy. So that goes at the top and I do an hour and a half of plotting and then I'm happy. And then I could start hitting the other things. What it's been doing is it's been getting me to do some of those things that I've been really dreading and putting off. Um, And somewhere in the book, I think it's got a bunch of information in the front of the book of like how to do it and how to use it. And somewhere I think it said, if, uh, if it's the thing you dread the most, that's probably what you need to do. Perhaps that was in the book that I'm reading right now called Die Empty, Unleash Your Best Work Every Day. It's by Todd Henry. And I'm really enjoying it. Um, fun fact, I thought it was so great. I emailed Joanna Penn to say, oh my gosh, you have to read this book. And she emailed me back and said, 
I had him on the show and I realized that's probably where I'd heard about the book. But he has the same principle that the productivity planner has, uh, that it is just to focus on your most important thing today. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but something in your creative life that you would like to get done and not forget about and not push off to tomorrow. And yeah, if it's the thing you're dreading, it might be the thing you have to focus on. Like this morning, I have had my head in the sand about paying bills for like the last two months and updating my budget and all of that. So that was on the bottom of my list for a couple of days. And last night when I was redoing or when I was looking at what I would do today, I put bills on the top. That was the thing I did. That was the thing I did as soon as I sat down. I did not write first today. I did the bills because they were the thing I was dreading the most and the thing I was putting off. And now they're done and I feel great. So I can highly recommend the productivity planner. TM. Uh, I am actually going to transition out of using the book itself and go back into my Midori Traveler's Journal, which if you're on the video is this guy, the um, the leather thing. And I, I hold my bullet journal in it and my plotting and my diary um, because I like having one book and I really love that particular format. So I'm going to be using a Midori insert to do the same thing that the productivity planner has taught me to do. So um, if you're a productivity nerd like me, you have enjoyed this little section. If you are not, uh, let's jump out of this section because you're rolling your eyes and you're saying, I already do my work, Rachel. Stop it. Well, good for you. I want to be you someday when I grow up. Um, very quickly, thank you to new patron Sue Roth. You are awesome. Thanks to everyone who supports me on patreon.com slash Rachel. It means the world. It makes the difference of me being able to do this financially. And even a dollar helps. You can go check that out over there. And I send out essays that I'm really proud of. And the garden essay that I sent out last week, I've been getting a really good response to. Um, uh, Maggie said that my essays make her remember things about her life in the past, things that she'd never thought to remember before. And I just thought that was the most beautiful compliment. So thanks for that, Maggie. And now let's jump into the interview with RL, because, um, if you've heard a monster in the background, that's probably my stomach. I'm so hungry. I've had to break this video a couple of times, uh, just to, <laughs> re-record the parts that were taken over by the monster. So enjoy, get some writing done. Tell me how it goes. Thanks so much for listening and for being here. I really appreciate you. Okay. Hey writers, I've opened up some coaching slots. I'm not taking clients on a weekly basis right now as I'm working on my own books, but I am doing one-offs. I call them tune-ups. Tell me your plot problems and ask your character queries. Let me know what stumbling blocks you're up against. Get tips and tricks to get you back on the right track. Ask me questions about all things publishing. Together, we'll brainstorm your specific plan of action, making sure you're in the driver's seat of your book again. You'll receive a 30-minute call over Skype or FaceTime, giving you the honest encouragement you need to keep getting better or a polite ass-kicking if that's what you need and ask for. Plus, you'll get an MP3 audio recording or MP4 video, your choice of our chat, so you can re-listen at your leisure. And if you want a little more help, I can also critique either 10 pages or your book's outline and talk you through my findings. Just check out rachelherron.com coach for more info. I'd love to work with you. Now, on to the interview. All right. Well, I could not be more excited to be here with my friend Ro today. I am with R.L. Merrill. Hello. How are you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Life is, is crazy. 
life is happening all around you as we <laughs> as we start this interview. Let yeah. me give a little introduction for you, and then we'll okay. chat a little bit. Uh, once upon a time, a teacher, tattoo collector, mom, and rock and roll kind of gal opened a dock and started purging her demons. Several self-published books and a debut gay romance with Dream Spinner Press later, R.L. Merrill is still striving to find that perfect balance between real life and happily ever after. You can find her lurking on social media where she loves connecting with readers, educating America's youth, being a mom taxi to two busy kids in the tattoo chair trying desperately to get that back piece finished or <laughs> head banging at a rock show near her home in the San Francisco Bay Area. Welcome again. What is what is the back piece? What is it of? So it's a huge Japanese style phoenix rising from a pile of skulls. Like shoulders to cheeks, right? And the outline's all done, and I probably had about five sittings already, and I probably have another three more. Oh, um, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I wrote tattoo in uh, Berkeley, and uh, she's wonderful. And I just kept getting sick after the sittings, and so I decided to take some time off and let my body have a break and – now when I call her, she's probably going to be mad at me. <laughs> she's like, don't disappear on me. <laughs> okay. It's probably been two years <laughs> since I've been back. <laughs> That's great, though. I've never had a tattoo longer than one sitting. I could not even imagine. <sighs> yeah. I, I will admit this one has been the most painful, and I have had to use lidocaine cream before mm-hmm. I go in, um, which I never had to do before, but uh, it's... It's really painful, especially across the kidneys. That area is really, really bad. Yeah. And and I wasn't prepared for that because I'm already heavily tattooed, but I, I was not prepared for this huge undertaking. <laughs> yep. I'm going to stick to my shoulder things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just fine. Well, let's talk a little bit about your writing and your process. We know each other from RWA and we serve on the board together and- mm-hmm. I just, I just fell in love with you the first time we met. I just thought this is a cool <laughs> chick, and she's going to be my friend. Um, so I'm glad that yeah, I, I, think, I, made I think that happen. you and Sophie actually were together at the first meeting I went to, like four years, ago, four years ago, June. Oh wow! It was at, that at Chevy's. Uh, uh, no, it was when we were still at Pyramid. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. This kind right. of took me in. Come yes. On. I was like, these people are awesome. (laughs) Well, I just love you. And I want to hear about how you write because you do that whole balancing act. Mom, full-time job, full-time intense job, plus writing and publishing. So what is your process like? When and where and how do you get the writing done? So it's a gorilla process. (laughs) It is, um, you know, G-U-E-R gorilla process. Um, I do a lot of writing in my car uh, while my kids are at their activities or at the barn when my daughter rides horses, at the library when my son's in music lessons, on my lunch hour at work, um, any possible time that I can, uh, sometimes late into the night when I can stand to stay up that late. Uh, but I do, I'm a high school teacher by day, so I have to be up early and out the door. So some nights I, I am a night person. Like I prefer Mm. to stay up late at night, but you know, the body is like, (laughs) 
530 is going to come really early if you don't go to bed. <laughs> oh my goodness. And so do you carry your laptop with you or do you write on different yeah. platforms? Yeah, I'm I, my laptops with me all the time. But I have done a lot of writing on my phone <laughs> on Google Docs. <clears throat> I, so. I'm always amazed at people who say that that's yeah, it, um, I do it when whenever it's absolutely necessary. Like, for example, I think it was about a year and a half ago. Um, my daughter had a horse show at um, Pebble Beach and it was beautiful place. It was freezing cold that day and windy. And um, I sat like under a blanket in the tent and just on my phone for about five or six hours. And that actually turned into um, Hurricane Reese. So, uh, which is my novel that came out with Dream Spinner in January. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And the, and the fact remains that we have this technology with us all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And and where I leave the house sometimes without a notebook and paper, I never leave the house without my phone. And if I do leave the house yeah. without my phone, I go back. So, exactly. we um, almost all of us always have that. That's right. In, and, that's and I do tend to, if I'm driving around... Um, I will voice record ideas if they come up or I use speech to text with Google Docs, which comes out really weird. Um, I'm seriously considering uh, uh, purchasing Dragon software. Um, At RT, I got to hear Maisie Yates speak and she's phenomenal. If you don't know her, she's a Harlequin author. She's great. And yeah, 90 books like in the last 10 years. I, I don't even I don't even know how. And she's also a busy mom with um, two special needs kids at home. Wow. And she said that she literally will put her laptop on with her dictation software and her headphones in the car while she's driving. Like she puts the, the computer on the floor and dictates her books while she's driving. And she said that most of her books come out that way. And I can't believe I've never heard anybody say that before. I can't hear myself like talk. So how do you get past that? And she said, when I first started, I put in headphones with music really loud so I wouldn't hear myself. <laughs> so she's totally my hero at this That's point. That's <laughs> amazing. Mm-hmm. You know that everybody listening is like, oh, man, I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm tempted. I'm tempted because I do spend a lot of time in my car. I do think that that's going to ease up a little bit this summer because my uh, 16-year-old will hopefully get her license in August. Yeah. So um, I think then I will have a little bit more time and I'm not sure what I'll do with myself. <laughs> what, is, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Time. Time. I, that, time. And that's why I asked that then. I thought yeah. that would probably be your answer. Yeah. It is. I would say time and um, maybe a little bit of um, – Cause I'm a pantser mm-hmm. uh, and it works for me most of the time, but I'm finding that a lot of the projects I've been doing lately, like I've had to submit a proposal or I've had to um, write a synopsis for a book that's not even written yet, which is just bizarre. That feels so strange. Yes, it does. It does. And so um, that, <laughs> that feeling like you can't deliver, you know, that that's, that's a challenge. Um, I got to the end of a book I started, uh, it was my Camp Nano project for April and, um, I got to the near the end, but I needed to put the end on last weekend and I spent three days straight staring at the computer. Like, what am I going to, 
how am I going to end this book? How am I? And I asked, I had beta readers read the book for me. I was like, what am I going to do? And then finally Monday night, cause it was Memorial day, Monday night, about seven o'clock, my husband was gone cause he had to take his mother to the doctor. And, um, it came to me. And then of course it's like, ah, I've got to get the laundry done. I've got to finish cooking <laughs> for the kids. I've got to do this. But I just, it's always at the last minute that like that, you know, and I hope that continues, but I worry sometimes that that, you know, last minute isn't going to pay off. (laughs) You know, I've always, I've always worried about that because my way is exactly that way. I get close to the end and I can't finish a book because I can't figure it out. And it just, it just comes to you later and you have to trust that that's your process, you know, it's, it's, it's it's hard because it's like that white knuckle terror but well, it feels uh, yeah. like being back in college when you yep. procrastinated and like oh i can get five research papers done in 24 hours no problem you know like yeah but and then it's, it's like six o'clock in the morning <laughs> i still have one more to do and classes in two hours you know i've not I was never that bad i but i came still. close i came close <laughs> yeah and it's it's that like uh, that quote um you know being a writer is having homework for the rest of your life. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it it is. What is your greatest being a teacher? And I really have homework all the time. (laughs) I cannot imagine. Oh my gosh. What is your greatest joy in writing? Hope, hope. Um, Since life has been giving us all kind of the middle finger for the last, you know, since November of 2016, has it been that Mm -hmm. long? Um, since then I, I really need it. I need it because I need to be able to continue providing hope somehow. And so that's a big theme, I think, in all of my stories. And that makes me happy because otherwise I think I would kind of be freaking out by now. (laughs) I love that answer. That's, that is exactly the way I feel. Yeah. That's what I always want. No matter what book I write, that's what I want to leave readers feeling at the end is hope. I think that's yeah. a really, really big, a big and important job. So yeah, well, well it is, it is. And yeah. you know, even though we write romance or whatever you want to, whatever you write, um, if you can include that in it, if it makes people feel good and teaches them something or takes away a little bit of their pain for a little while, that's also giving hope. So it's like, yeah. it can be life changing. It really, really yep. can. Yeah. Can you share a quick craft tip of any sort with us? Well, again, since you're catching me right after RT, I I was um, involuntarily thrust into an experience at the convention that is now I'm totally behind it. Um, I went to Nikki Knight and Tiffany Warren, I believe is her last name, and um, they did a workshop called Family Feud, and the whole thing was about conflict. Mm-hmm. And girlfriends had gone to their workshops, the last two RTs, but I hadn't been able to go. And they told me, Oh, they're so great. You're going to love it. And they gave us the best explanation about conflict, which I think has been because I just want everybody happy. So why would I give them problems? You know, but that's kind of what you have to do. So um, they talked about conflict and the things that are basic. And then they introduced the conflict circle. And my best friend, LA, volunteered me to be in the center of the conflict circle. (laughs) And of course, and then I had four people around me holding hands and I had to be my main character. And they presented me with each of the four people surrounding me presented me with a problem or an obstacle. 
okay. in the way of getting my goals. So I had to solve that problem before I could get out of the circle. Wow. That sounds intense. <laughs> and, you know, it's in a room full of people and it was pretty intense and it was hysterical, but I keep going back to it in my mind. Like I keep thinking about how valuable that was because I, one of my favorite things to do with people is to brainstorm when they get stuck. Mm-hmm. Like I like to unstick people. And so this was a really cool way for myself to get unstuck. But also, um, cause you know, I used a problem that I was working on for one of my novels. And so they were, e- they each gave me things that I hadn't even thought about. And so it was really, it was really fun. But, you know, she talked about how you could literally write it down and draw pictures and diagrams and stuff and put your character in the middle and put four conflicts around them that they have to solve to get to their happy ending. I love that so much. And and you know me, that's my one of my biggest problems is the whole conflict thing. Um, And when you do this kind of thing with other people, it always blows my mind at how different we are. You know, I will think that I have thought of everything in the universe. And then I realize I have thought of one thing in a million and other people are thinking of other amazing things around me helping yeah. me out. So it's, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I and that, that. we've had some good conversations after our um, chapter meetings and had conversations and Adrian, your, your pal plot is MD. too. Yeah. Plot MD. I bought the book and it's well now that I can't type for a little while. <laughs> Poor thing. Uh, I'm gonna be get, catching up on my reading, and that's definitely on my list because I, I I have a lot of projects that I'm gonna be working on over the next couple months, and I really want to put these new skills to use. You know, that is so fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so when you do have self doubt or those dark days, what do you do to help yourself handle that? I always make sure that I do something authory. So even if I'm stuck on a story, I can still make a blog post or send out a newsletter or connect with my reader group or, um, or read. That's yeah. kind of my, my main go-to is to just read. And, um, you never know what's going to inspire you. It always makes me feel better. So, um, sometimes that's, that's all you need. And, and you have to step back and, and not do the whole, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish, oh, this is so good. Why didn't I write that, you know? Um, so it's not about comparing yourself. It's just about letting yourself get lost in someone else's story until your story kind of figures its way out. Mm, perfect way to say that. <laughs> totally perfect. What is the best book you've read recently and why did you love it? Well, I finished um, Hothead by Damon Swade this morning. Oh, how was it? I haven't read that one yet. It was really good. Um, I had read a bunch of good things about it. And I, I'm one of those people that tends to, if, if too many people are excited about something, I tend to shy away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've never read Gone Girl and I still haven't seen the Fifty Shades movies. Like I kind of, you know, if too many people are into it and I'd heard so many good things about his, his this book. And I've read um, one of his other books and I really liked it. So I was like, you know what, this is, and and it was one of those, like I read until I thought it was 1230 last night. My husband said it was 130 when he woke up and yelled at me. So (laughs) I'm not really sure what time I turned off the light last night, but uh, um, I finished that. That was really, really good. It, it, It was called one of the top 100 love stories. Uh, our romances like out there and mm. I can see why I really can. So, um, so that I, was good. 
I'm excited um, to hear that. He's going to be on the show coming up. So oh, I awesome. Will. That's that's and I just signed up for his workshop in October. That looks Vietnam great, too. Yeah, yeah, local local Bay or, or Northern California people. He's going to be doing a workshop in Auburn. Yes. So yes. that is great. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself and your last project and where we can find you and, and tell us tell us a little bit about the book with Dream Spinner. So the book with Dream Spinner was called Hurricane Reese, and um, I literally pitched it <laughs> at RT last year. And they actually fell for it. I mean, bought it. Um, <laughs> I pitched it as an ornery octogenarian with wayward balls plays accidental Cupid to the gay odd couple. And they went for it. <laughs> of course they did. That's the best ever. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that was, that was good. Um, I took a, a class last year called Query Mastery with Rachel Stout through I think New York book editors is the organization that kind of oversees it. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that we spent a ton of time on in the class was working on your hook and how to sell your book to somebody because, you know, it's like everybody asks you, well, what's your book about? And you go, it's about these dudes and they fall in love. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, so I really was able to, through that class kind of get a better handle. And so I, I'm really kind of excited that I was able to, to pitch my book that I worked on in that class and it worked. Right. So, um, so that came out in January. I've sent off book two to dream spinner and I'm waiting to hear. Um, and I just sent them another book this week that I hope to hear about soon. Um, so that one you're querying with that book, that one's not it, under contract. No, it's not under contract. Okay. I send it into their, um, dream spun desires line, uh-huh. which, um, one of our other chapter members happens to be the uh, acquiring editor, Sue Brown Moore. So um, she and I had kind of talked about it and she's like, I really want a story with a band. And I was like, well, I've got a band for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hopefully, you know, hopefully that'll work. Um, if not, I'm, it will find a home somewhere because it was really fun. Um, but I also, I do write kind of all over the place. I just had an anthology come out with 22 other authors called Down and Dirty Blue Collar Heroes. And I, I wrote a title about a, um, a newly sober, new transplant to the Bay Area um, sheriff's deputy who's just finishing his training. And he literally falls for a tree trimmer during a traffic accident um, in what we know of as uh, Crow Canyon. Oh, yes. Uh, and I'm sure you know how I, crazy it is. I dispatched Crow Canyon. Uh, that was one of my jurisdictions and just overturned car after overturned car. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. And this one was literally they were trying to clear trees and this woman on her phone smashed into one of the trees that the that the tree trimmer was in. And so... Yeah. And I love this. Yeah. So that's how it started with a bang. And um, it was really fun to kind of put them together. You know, my heroine is um, a tough chick who had to take over the tree trimming crew after her father was injured in an accident. And so she's kind of taking care of dad and just wants to have something for herself. And she meets this great guy and He's kind of carrying a lot of baggage, and so um, it was really fun putting them together. And is that is so. down and out now? Yes, it out came out. That's hard to say. <laughs> and um, my story is called Mud and Honey, and uh, <laughs> little dirty, a little sweet. <laughs> uh, so it, 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 I mean, they, they there's mud and honey in the story. That's all. Yeah. I'll say. <laughs> so. I love uh, this. 
Yeah, it was re- it was a really fun um, project to work on. The other authors were phenomenal. It was probably one of the strongest anthologies I've worked on. Um, and then I have another anthology coming out in August that will hopefully be showing the um, the cover off soon because I just got it this week. It's super cool. It's uh, the theme for that one is Summer Fair, and it uh, is the funds will be going towards um, a rape and incest survivors charity. And um, the story I wrote is about a woman who has to get some units out of the way. So she decides to take a summer theater program and falls for one of the instructors at her college. And uh, so it was really fun um, to write. It was my first uh, uh, lesbian love story. And it was really fun to write. And um, the the heroine for that one is probably one of my favorite characters I've ever written. So I'm excited for that one to come out. Oh, that's so cool. You are so busy and you are so inspiring to me. You really are. The way that you... You just seem to embrace everything that you do and you show up always with this. Happy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You show up and and you show up as a happy person and you love a happy ending. And that (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll try not to go where my brain is going. (laughs) Where can, where can people find you online? Uh, so you can find me at www.rlmerrillauthor.com. And just like, um, I always think of the, uh, the goose from Charlotte's web. It's double R and double L in Merrill. (laughs) (laughs) Um, on Facebook at facebook.com slash row writes rock and romance, all one word. And on Twitter as RL Merrill author and I like to play on Instagram a little bit. It's fun. So, and that's also RL Merrill author. Fantastic. Thank yeah. you, Ro. It's been a total delight to talk to you. Thank you for having always. me. Always. And we'll talk Thank soon. Thank you. I appreciate it, Rachel. Oh, Take care. Of course. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.